So Money Episode 13, Ask Farnoosh. You're listening to So Money with award-winning money guru Farnoosh Torabi. Each day, get a 30-minute dose of financial inspiration from the world's top business minds, authors, influencers, and from Farnoosh herself. Looking for ways to save on gas or double your double coupons? Sorry, you're in the wrong place. Seeking profound ways to live a richer, happier life? Welcome to So Money. Welcome back to So Money, everyone. This is the special Ask Farnoosh edition of So Money, where I get the chance to engage with you, respond to all of your questions that have been trickling in throughout the week, and you're getting really good at asking questions. I commend you. You're asking really poignant, smart, important questions, ranging from career to savings to uh you know, guests, and they're all really fun, and I can't wait to get to them. Before I do, I want to reintroduce our special guest, back by popular demand. You wanted him back, so I brought him back. My brother, Todd, who is 10 years my junior and just turned 24. Welcome, Todd. Thanks, Farnoosh. Thanks for having me back here. (laughs) Now, for those of you listening... You might notice a contrast in my personality and Todd's personality. Todd is very, uh, he's very relaxed. He's very calm. He's very straightforward. I'm a little more all over the place. I, I get loud. Todd is, is pretty calm. And um, after last week's taping, I kind of gave you a hard time. I was like, get a little, <laughs> get a little more energetic. Right. You know, but then people wrote in and they were like, we really love the contrast between you and your brother. So I guess I was wrong. I guess That's good. You know, being authentic is the way to go. Sure. Um, let's get to these questions, Todd. We have so many to get through and I want to make sure that we take as many questions as we can with the minutes that we have. So what's first? Okay. Yeah, sure. So Steve, uh, he starts off by talking about taxes. Mm-hmm. His question is, I get paid through a W-9. Uh, the tax code is so complicated that I'm a little nervous filling out my taxes. I'm pretty sure but not positive that I have to file a quarterly return when being paid through a W-9. Mm-hmm. Could you sh- shed some light on this? What tool would you recommend to walk me through this best? Well, as somebody who pays quarterly, like I, all my income pretty much comes through a W-9, which means that the taxes have not been taken out. And so I'm accountable, mm-hmm. right, for paying Uncle Sam. And the IRS uh, wants you. And that, a lot of these people who get paid like this are freelance, they're self-employed, they have gigs on the side, perhaps outside of their nine to five. So yeah, the IRS wants you to pay quarterly. And when you don't, there may be a small penalty for that. If you file all at once on April 15th, there may be a bit of a penalty. So it's 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 worth it to pay quarterly. And so where do you start? It's very confusing. I totally agree. And I, you know, even for me, somebody who's been in the finance space for all her professional life, taxes are just one thing that I don't have time for. I don't want to deal with. I hire prof- a professional. Of course, I stay involved and I gather all my documents and I'm aware of what's happening. But when it comes to making sure that I'm maximizing my deductions and my credits and that I'm filling things out properly, I would rather outsource that. And there are a lot of great tax professionals out there that can walk you through and make sure that you're getting 
everything done accordingly. So mm-hmm. yes, it is a good idea to, to file quarterly. And the way you do it, it's sometimes you just have to estimate how much you think is going to come in. And if this is the first year that you're doing this, it's hard to estimate because you don't really know what your history is. You don't know what to expect. So try to just overestimate because that's safer. And then you maybe you'll get a refund as opposed to owing money. And if this is your second or third year that you are uh, receiving W-9s, then I would say look at your previous incomes from the previous years and make an average. And um, that's kind of your ballpark income for the current tax season, tax year. And then uh, quarterly uh, pay taxes on that on that potential income. And keep a record of every single receipt, every statement that has anything to do with your business, whether it's a coffee receipt from Starbucks when you met a potential client there, or it's the receipt for your laptop that you bought from Apple, or it's um, you know even just the printer paper that you bought. Keep a log of everything. And what I do is I just give my accountant a printout of my credit card statements, um, my my year-to-date credit card statements that I I put all my business expenses on one credit card for the most part, and also my bank statements for uh, withdrawals and deposits so he can see the cash flow. Mm -hmm. And then he takes care of the rest. It doesn't mean I'm totally out of the picture. You know, I'm gathering the documents. I'm constantly asking him questions about can I deduct this? Should I keep this paperwork? What do you think about my office space? You know, and should I deduct it? And so I'm constantly in conver- in having a conversation with him, but I don't want to deal with the, you know, the nitty gritty and I'd rather outsource it. And it can be anywhere from a couple hundred bucks, depending on the, you know, the, the amount of paperwork and documentation that you have and income that you're bringing in. Uh, up to, you know, for some business owners, it could be thousands of dollars, depending on the sophistication of their taxes. How about you, Todd? I mean, you're also, you're also incorporated, you're self-employed, which I think is pretty awesome given that you're only like 24. Mm-hmm. What have you done? So I, uh, like you, I have a, a business account and I track all my expenses through there. So if there's anything that has to do with either growing uh, the freelance business or just something that I see as an investment in, in my career, then I usually charge that card. Um, but a lot of times, you know, I've gone through an accountant at, at H&R Block, and, you know, a lot of times it's just estimating how much you spent on certain things. I mean, I, I've never printed out a credit card statement to, to show them. Um, so I don't know if that's, I don't know if that's legal or not. <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't know. I mean, I, I've usually been just estimating how much I spend on transportation and, mm-hmm. Uh, you know, on on books and on computers, and you know, I I've actually expensed part of my apartment uh, as an office space. Mm-hmm. So, well, I'd say, but I've never shown him. Yeah, I've never well, shown receipts or anything like keep that. Any keep all keep a paper trail, Todd, because you never know if you're going to get audited. And yeah. I hope you've been underestimating for the most part <laughs> your expenses. Oh no, yeah, I've never like oh ten <laughs> grand on. This. <laughs> it's usually pretty. Well, good. Pretty At least you have. Yeah, yeah. you're sensible about your your estimations. Right. So yeah. do you recommend H&R Block? Or like, I, I used mean, H&R Block in the beginning of my career, for sure. I had a wonderful guy um, on the Upper West Side of Manhattan who um, was wonderful, um, right. Walter, if you're listening. Thank you. And then once I sort of got a little bit more 
and you know, I got married. I have a kid now. We have property. Like I just, he wasn't, um, he, to be honest, and I'm sorry, Walter, for saying this, but he was a little slow. Like I had to, <laughs> Walter would make these like 8.30 p.m. appointments with me at his office in H&R Block. After like a really long day at work, I'd sit there with, and he would like, yeah. he was old school. Like he went through everything. Mine was four hours. So yeah, I would, and I would just sit there like trying to be polite but all I wanted to do was go to sleep. Mm-hmm. And um, and so, but, you know, after a couple of years, we, we broke up and I moved on and I paid a little bit more for somebody who um, had a, a team. Because, you know, I, I, I just knew that I wasn't probably maximizing my, my tax breaks as much with Walter. He was a little too conservative. And I just, I wanted to be able to not, you know, push the envelope, but I just wanted to really maximize and um, think of all the different ways that we could potentially reduce our our, uh, taxable income as a household. So I went to a firm. Now I'm with a firm. Cool. Okay. So Steve, it sounds like Steve is kind of in the, um, is a younger guy, perhaps, you know, he's saying like he's just kind of getting acquainted with the whole W-9 situation. Mm-hmm. So I would say, you know, re- a resource like an H&R Block, um, I, I, you know, there's lots of tax software out there too. And it's just something that you have to know yourself. I would get totally lost with tax software. I know they're supposed to be like very connect the dots and they hold your hand and there's a 24-hour help desk. But I just like, you know, giving it to someone. <laughs> That I yeah, know I that I can I don't, call. I don't feel safe doing yeah. it on my own. I don't trust online. myself. I don't. I'd be the first yeah. to say. And if you answer one question incorrect, incorrectly, you know, it could lead to a whole a set of steps slope. that you're answering yeah. incorrectly. You know, so I just didn't really like the software too much. I'm with you. I'm with you on that. Okay, so Steve, I hope that helps. What's next? Okay, so Ian uh, just graduated from college, and he's struggling to figure out what he truly wants to do. Uh, he says all the job fairs and people he talks to say their day consists of emails and meetings uh, or no day is the same. His question is, any ideas on how to choose a career? At what point does a job become a dead end or a waste wow. of time? I'm going to throw this question to you, Todd, because you just graduated from college and I feel like you kind of had this same experience, right? And it's, you know, mm. I had it too and it, it sort of happens around age 25, the quarter-life crisis. It's right. a really important question and I... I, I sense he's really stressed out. So, can you give him any advice? Well, I mean, I'm I'm wondering what his major was in college and and probably why he picked it. You know, but um, but for me, you know, I, I studied economics, so I had an interest in uh, not only finance but just how a business operates and what the trade offs are for all the decisions in a business and and just uh, seeing it from a holistic view and. I still apply that to what I do today, even though I do web design and, and more uh, you know, branding and art direction and stuff like that. Uh, but how it all started was because I just, it was something that I was doing you know, outside of class, and it was something that I was really interested in. I was doing a lot of research on it. You know, there were, I looked into programs that maybe not necessarily graduate school level, but programs that could teach you uh, beginner-level skills. I took some online classes like Code Academy, mm-hmm. uh, and then I ended up at General Assembly, which is the uh, which is all over the U.S. now, where they teach a bunch of technical skills, uh, like web development, web design, data analytics, stuff like that. So, I mean, I understand what it's like, and I didn't know what I wanted to do 
and uh, but there's but, time, right? I mean, I, yeah. I feel like we a lot of young adults. There's all this pressure to figure it out right away. And look, your first job out of school and probably your second job out of school will not be your dream jobs by any stretch. And if they are, you know, congratulations. But I would say most people, like, you're just not going to graduate and be handed the dream job. And so I would say worry less about landing that dream job or figuring out where you're going to have your forever job or your career and focus more on taking advantage of opportunities where you're going to learn something new. You're going to advance yourself. You're going to learn a skill that's going to be able to get you in the door and differentiate you. Uh, Perhaps it's an opportunity that sends you abroad. Perhaps it's a job that teaches you a whole new skill set. And you had a good, you had a good intuition, Ty. You were wondering about what he majored in because sounds like he might've majored in something that was a relative soft skill in college. And you know this, you went to a ton of job fairs, even with an economics major, you were getting turned away because people were asking you what? They were asking you, what can you do? Right. Right. And you're like, well, I'm, a, I'm really good at analytical thinking. <laughs> um, yeah, I was like, well, I'm an entrepreneur. You know, I, 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 like, I, I, it was really hard for me to exp- yeah, answer that question. And so I felt like learning a, a more technical skill provided more value and got me through the door. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, like my first couple jobs were at startups and I wasn't making a lot of money. But it was, it was something and it gave me some experience and it put me in a tough position, which sometimes is really good. And also, it's a lot easier to find a better job when you already have a job. You know, it's, when you're unemployed, I think it's a lot tougher to find what you really want because, one, you start feeling desperate, and then other companies may wonder why you're unemployed, you know? So right. I think there's an advantage just taking something to keep busy. Yeah, absolutely. So mm-hmm. don't stress. You're still really young. I know a lot of people my age who haven't figured it out yet, and they're doing okay. I mean, life is an exploration. Life is a journey. I would just say aim for those opportunities. Keep your eye out and sniff out those opportunities where you know you're going to necessarily learn something new. You're going to get exposure to something exceptional that's going to, down the road, really pay off. And when you feel like you've hit a wall somewhere – well, then that's when you know, that's your intuition telling you it's time to move on. And I got a really good bit of advice from one of my early on bosses, mm-hmm. one of my bosses early on. And she said, Farnoosh, even when you land a job, don't ever stop sending your resume out. Which at the time I thought was right. really kind of crazy. I'm like, well, shouldn't you at least like enjoy the job that you have and focus on it and not worry about your next job? And of course, she had years and years and years and years of experience above me. And, and her point was that corporate America, your employer can can fire you tomorrow. They can hire you and then, I mean, and fire you the next day. I mean, I literally had a friend who was supposed to start a job the other day at a big company. I won't name which one. He had a start date. That morning, they called him and said, the job no longer exists. Yeah. And I mean- he never had any offer like a formal offer letter. He had emails and he's talking to a lawyer now to see if he has a case. But the point is, is that you have to always be looking out for yourself and be an opportunist. 
it used to be weird for people to jump around from job to job to job like every year or every six months. But now I think, yeah, what do you think? Changing. It's changing. It's it's expected that, you know, it's very competitive out there. Companies need to compete for good talent. So if, um, you know, if you see good opportunities, don't wait out and don't miss out on them mm-hmm. just because you feel like you mm-hmm. have to serve your time somewhere. Right. And also, just to address this question on how to choose a career, I really think uh, with all these online classes and just the accessibility of gaining at least an intro to so many different things, I think Ian should just take those classes and find out if he's, you know, more curious or if he wants to learn more about it. I think that's a really that would be a really good start. And a lot of these things are free. We could talk about this for so long. I mean, I would also say uh, find a mentor or 10 mentors. I mean, really start asking questions to people who are more experienced, who've been there, done that, who can shed some wisdom because there's that is just priceless. Right. So Kate asks, uh, she's curious how how you would answer your own questions that you ask guests each, each day. Oh, my. Um, at least she... I'd love to hear your answers to the so money mad libs at the end. Oh my goodness. Wow. Well, you know, I was actually thinking of doing this. I might, I might separately record this and give it out as a bonus to, um, those who subscribe to my so money podcast.com newsletter. Um, so what she's talking about are, I always ask my guests these kind of, uh, really quick questions at the end where they finish the sentence or they fill in the blanks. So I've called them like so money mad libs. So, Mm-hmm. The first one is, if I won the lottery tomorrow, say $100 million, I would, and I would probably give half of it away, and I wouldn't tell anyone. <laughs> I yeah. might, I mean, I would tell like I'm my immediate family, but I wouldn't announce it because I just don't want to be targeted. I would do yeah, good, that I, makes sense. I would do good with it, but I just wouldn't um, want to really like put a spotlight on myself about having just won the mm-hmm. lottery. Uh, the one thing that I spent, hold on, let me wait for this. Uh, you guys, I, I film, I take this in Brooklyn. I'm in downtown Brooklyn. So you can hear the ambulance and there's actually all of like New York. all of New yeah. York. I can see the empire state building from my window. All right. Almost done. Cool. The one thing that I spend on that makes my life easier or better is, oh, I would say my nanny. I love my nanny. I could not do my job without her. And not just because she loves my kid, has all this experience, but because I really, truly trust her like nobody else to take care of my son during the day, mm-hmm. other than perhaps like my mom or my mother-in-law. But And of course, my husband. And of course, you, Todd. You're very good with Evan. I don't know about that. I don't, <laughs> <laughs> I don't think you trust me very, very So I much. have a seven-month-old baby. Yeah. Almost, yeah, he turned seven. Oh my gosh. His seven-month birthday was the other day and we didn't do anything yesterday was yesterday (laughs) we're such bad parents every milestone every month needs to be celebrated at this stage it's just such a a, a, every every day is like different he looks different he's doing different things but anyway um my nanny is fantastic she's worth every single penny and i hope she's listening because um and she knows how i feel i mean she's loves our son like we love him and it's he loves her and i just you know, it's hard as a new mom, I think, mm-hmm. giving your child up to somebody that you don't really know. I mean, you know them, you've done background checks, you've asked around for recommendations, you've met them. But then, you know, that, that first week of just like 
leaving the house, closing the door, and then you're off. Um, part of you can't help but feel a little nervous doing that. And I've, I'm happy to say that uh, I, I feel totally at, at peace knowing that my son is in her in her care. And and because of her, I'm able to continue working at, at a really great pace and to do this podcast. And so. Yes, that is absolutely the one thing I spend on mm-hmm. that makes my life both easy and better. My guilty pleasure that I spend a lot on. Mm. What do you think it is, Todd? <laughs> shoes. No. I think it's shoes. I don't. Yeah, I haven't definitely. bought a pair of shoes in like a year. Seriously, because when you're pregnant, your feet explode. Mm-hmm. They, like so, I, I I literally walked around in like flip flops, and I would say if you just looked at my American Express bill, I would say the thing that I probably spend most on is eating out. And that's really cliche because I think everyone in New York spends money on eating out. But particularly now with the, the busy lives that we have, my husband and I know we work like crazy and we're coming home. It's just like we need to eat. We yeah. don't have time to cook. Seamless. and We do Seamless, yeah. And for those of you who aren't familiar with Seamless, it's like this really dangerous website <laughs> that you give it your credit card and it hooks you yeah, up with every, every menu in all the restaurants in your neighborhood that deliver. And so you go on there, you pick your food out, you give, you already provide a tip and it's at your door in like 30 minutes. It's really dangerous and it's taken over our budget. I need to cut back on seniors as well. It's, uh, I use fresh direct. I don't know if many people know what that is. Well, Fresh Direct is kind of like Amazon Fresh, which is something that I think is available nationally now. And um, Peapod also is something relatively national. Mm -hmm. Fresh Direct is very New York. I know I'm, we don't do it as much, but you're like a slave to Fresh Direct, Todd. Like you're like, you have to like sit at home for four hours and wait for Fresh Direct. You don't have a social life anymore because you wait for the (laughs) Fresh Direct. Yeah, they give you a range of time. So it's a little, that's the only bad part, but it's really good. like waiting for the cable guy. Yeah, and having having th- uh, two roommates, it's really convenient because our grocery list is very large, and so, and Fresh Direct is not that much more expensive. It's maybe, I'd say five to ten percent more than going to the grocery store. Why don't so, your roommates ever wait for Fresh Direct? I feel like they're you're always on the hook for that. I don't know. You should ask them. I'm just a good roommate, I guess. Jeez. Yep. One thing I wish I had known about money growing up is, I asked this of all my guests, so I'm asking myself, I wish I had known, hmm, our parents did a pretty good job. Yeah. But I guess I wish I had known that, at least that when you get a credit card, that if you don't pay the balance in full every month, it will hurt your credit score. I had no clue about like what a credit score was. Um, and I was just excited to get that first credit card and be able to buy things that I couldn't afford. And I'll be the first to admit, you know, I racked up thousands of dollars in credit card debt in college simply because it was so easy. And when I would get that monthly bill, it was like, all you have to pay is $16. And I was like, really? I mean, I spent 400 How? Okay, fantastic. <laughs> yeah. And it was just this balance that never went away. And all the while, I thought I was just being appropriate with it. And yeah, I was playing by the rules, but I wasn't making any dent in that debt um, mm-hmm. to the point where I graduated and I had like $4,000 in credit card debt. And so you know, I wish I had had that early education in 
building good credit, even though I think my, our dad would have said, but I told you. <laughs> yeah. You know, well, it's, he it's... was really insistent on me getting a credit card for that reason to establish credit. But then I feel like that I never got the, the rest of the education. Right. Well, it's part of growing up, I guess. You know, yeah. You just figure it out and make mistakes. I remember when I first got a, I think you even remember when I first got a credit card and debit card, I was a mess. I was a total mess. <laughs> well, I don't know that. I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah. I had a lot, a lot of long talks with dad about money. So, but now, I mean, I, I mean. Well, what happened? What were you buying? Just in college, you know, there's just a lot of crap I would buy. <laughs> Weren't you afraid? Like, like dad was probably seeing the statement. Why were you, uh. Or you, or well, he wasn't seeing the statement, and then you were in debt, and you had to get out of it. Well, it was a lot of you know because I was in a fraternity, and there was all these trips and all these, all this stuff you would they would make you buy, and I just I don't know I was immature. I didn't think about it. You mm-hmm. know, I was just kind of like, oh well, because I worked during the summer, so I was like, oh, I'll pay it off later. You know, but mm-hmm. he he told me this isn't responsible. So okay, uh, yeah, yeah, you live, you learn. Okay, the next thing I ask guests is. Um, when I donate money, I like to give to blank because I like to donate to Thon. And Thon is a Penn State fundraiser. It's actually the largest student run philanthropic venture in the world. And what it does is it's a dance marathon. It raises money for uh, the Four Diamonds Fund at Penn State Hershey Children's Hospital. Mm-hmm. And it raises millions. In fact, it raised like over a hundred million dollars uh, recently, and it's phenomenal. And I actually, when I was in college, I danced during this forty-six dance hours. Forty-six hours. Forty-six hours. Wait, it was. Yeah. It was twenty-four hours when I. No, it was forty. I'm looking hours. it up right now. It says forty-six hours. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. For some reason, I feel like it was forty-eight. No hours. sitting. No sleeping. No. <laughs> but we got. Yeah, it was um, hallucinating uh, to say. The least at like at the 39th hour you're like you know mommy yeah um, i remember you came home from that one day <laughs> it was a long time ago and you had a big bag of toys and it was like the best day of my life i don't know why they gave you a big bag oh, of toys it was like either. donated it was some, some they were giving out hand, they were uh, yeah, they giving were, away they handouts were, and I stuff don't, like that like the whole thing i do remember some things about it like i remember Every so often, you could go and get a massage. You could, like, you would get a, a, a rub down. This is weird to say, but it was, <laughs> there were volunteers there, and you could go and just, like, they would you get on your um, get on your front side, lie down, and they would just, like, mm-hmm. rub your entire body for, like, 30 seconds, and it was heaven. Go and on. <laughs> it sounds really <laughs> awful, but it really made, like, all the difference at like the 19th and the 29th hour and the 42nd hour. And so, yeah, there were probably a bunch of toys that they gave us and threw at us to make the time go faster. That was one of the most memorable nights ever, I think, for me. I don't, I'm surprised you don't When I came home with the toys? Because you were only like six six or five when that happened. No, no, I was... I don't remember. We picked you up from the bus stop and you had a big bag (laughs) and, and I just... I you couldn't lost believe your it. Mind. No, I lost I think my I mind. was 19, so you were like, you were like nine, nine wow. or eight, or eight or nine. Yeah, okay. So that's a, that's an appropriate age to lose <laughs> your mind over plastic toys. I was just worried you were like 14, and then 
No. Um, TMI. And then the last question I ask all my guests is, I'm so money because, and I don't, I guess I should have a really good answer for this. And I think that I'm so money because I have this podcast because I'm doing, you know, I was, I honestly, I, I, you just never know what is going to happen when you put yourself out there. You just have to do it. And it's really scary. And you go and you put your whole heart and soul into something. And then you just have to hope that people are receptive. And this podcast is only a week old, a week young, I should say. And I've just been blown away by how how receptive the response, the response yeah. has been. People have been writing in. I've been getting so many people reaching out who want to work together. Or And also, I, for me, it's like I work from home, so it's kind of um, <laughs> isolating. But to be able to talk to a new person every single day in and not just any person, like these are phenomenal people that I would never have the opportunity necessarily to speak to in at, at this level. And so mm-hmm. I feel really privileged. It's totally changed my life. I hope it's changing others' lives. And I just think that I'm so money because I came up with this idea and I only wish I'd come up with it, you know, two years ago because I just think it has a lot of potential. And with, with everyone's support, there's just... Um, no telling where what could happen. So I'm really appreciative of this, and that's why I'm so money. Why are you so money, Todd? I have no idea. I, I, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not. I'm not so money, really. So we'll we'll no. to be to be continued, I guess. Ugh, that stinks. Yeah. No, you're so money. You got it. You got it. Like people on the show sometimes are stumped by that question. They're like, "What is what? What? I'm so money? I'm, I'm like, well." You, Yes. Well, it's hard not to be arrogant with the answer. That's why people don't like. To... I know people don't want to. <laughs> people don't want to be arrogant. But come on, I mean, I'm so money. You can say I'm so money because um, I, uh, I'm, you know, I'm a great mom, or I'm so money because it doesn't have to be. Because I'm a great that, mom. Yeah, it doesn't have to be something financial. You know, it could just be something that you're really yeah. proud of that rewards you. Mm-hmm. That maybe well, it's not just, monetarily it's, rewarding. So I guess I'm I'm really money for that. What is that? I said I just bought Super Bowl tickets. So oh, I guess so you are so money because you need money for that. That's literally, you're literally so money. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you know, I put myself out there and I just went for it. So I, I don't know. I yeah, it- yeah, I know. I, you asked me for my opinion about whether you should buy these Super Bowl tickets. And I think I had radio silence for you. I just didn't. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's it, I mean, it's a good and bad decision. I'm going to, I mean, you know, I, I, I definitely... I have the money for it, but I also, it's a really big expense. So I was really, uh, intimidated by the decision, but yeah, well, you're going to have, you're going to be eating some ramen noodles. Right. But it, it, you know, it's a once in a lifetime thing and I'm a huge fan of the Patriots. And so I, I somehow justified it to myself. I think that's all the time we have for this episode of ask for Anush Todd. Uh, thanks for joining me again. No problem. And remember, to send me your questions, it's really simple. Just hop on to somoneypodcast.com, click on Ask Farnoosh, and submit your question. And don't be shy. You can ask about money. You can ask about life, career, Super Bowl, because Todd's here, the Patriots. Uh, and we will be here waiting for you and excited to hear your question. Thanks for tuning in, everyone. Hope your day is so money. Money.